0: I think I'm willing to risk the copyright infringement claim to include that in the podcast.
1: There were two sets of headphones in front of me and I didn't know which ones are working and there was no noise, so I had to make a noise to find out which ones are working. And that was the first noise that popped into my head. That's very interesting. I've, I've
0: heard a lot of people go... Testing, testing, one, two, one, two, <laughs> I testing.
1: I know, but it's boring, right? Yeah, because it's, cause it's a
0: karaoke staple of yours, and I think we can all hear why.
1: I, d- I didn't hit that high note very well. You don't think? No. <laughs> I think you hit it as well as you ever have. I don't think you need to worry about any copper. I don't think it's entirely. I think you've your best there. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hello? Hello. Shrove Tuesday. Oh, yeah, have you had one yet? One
0: what? A Shrove?
1: No, <laughs> I haven't.
0: I'd love a little Shrove. <laughs> i know you shouldn't really let them live in the house cuz they are vermin technically mm. but they're so cute they are very little cute, cute. Yeah. it commemorates the day when jesus let the little shrove run around inside of his robes and go in his beard and his hair and Aww. stuff um i think that's what it means or it might mean i was thinking if 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 i was shrove i'd be really Bent over and, and diffident, like, oh, poor me. Oh, yeah. Is that
1: Shrove? I think it's the past participle of Shrive. Sh- sh- oh, is it? Yeah. What is Shrive? Shrive is when you uh, cry and drive at the same time. Oh. Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> ah. I hear a little Shrove. And I know I'm thinking of a shrew. I think.
1: I think you probably are. Yeah. Am I thinking of a shrew? There's no such thing as a shrove. <laughs> Is there? No, there's not. It's a shrew you're thinking of. A cute of. little
0: creature called a shrove. Um, no, you, you're probably quite right. Anyway, um, I haven't had a shrove. I haven't had a pancake. But I have had mm. a semla bun. I beg your pardon? So in Sweden, it's not Pancake Day. It's Fat Tuesday. Oh, that's a better name. And instead of eating pancakes yeah. before the period of Lent... They eat these buns Which are I mean Basically a sweet sort of brioche bun f- Filled with cream With a little bit, bit more bun on the top Okay um, Like and, a
1: cream sandwich Yeah do <laughs> you want me to, I can
0: find you a picture of one if you want um, And I walked past a bakery this morning That was selling them. I was oh. so excited Didn't go out looking for the Semler oh, what The semla found me mm. Um there's this. G- a few years ago, um, the year before the pandemic, Eugene and I went to Stockholm in the summer. And a lot of my friends were away. So their apartments were empty. So my friend Malik let us stay in his apartment. I asked him, I'd not been there for a couple of years. I said, What's good? What's new? He said, Oh, there's a bakery. It's a French guy called Sebastian. And he's opened this bakery in this food hall near us. And honest to God, the baguettes, you haven't tasted a baguette until you... I'm thinking, baguettes have been around for hundreds mm, of years. Mm, really? This, mm. this is the guy? How, the baguette messiah?
1: How much better can they be? Yeah, yeah. but it was. Oh.
0: So I then started following this guy
1: mm.
0: on Instagram. And his speciality is these semle buns. Oh. But he makes them like nobody else. Malik described it to me as being, this guy is doing Semler buns, what Apple did for the mobile phone. <laughs> it's like the iPhone of Semler buns. Okay. So I got so excited and I remember thinking to myself, one day I will eat one of his Semler buns, only I won't.
1: Because it closed down.
0: Because he's decided that he wants to devote his life to... Um, fighting the climate crisis, so he's closed his bakery down.
1: But he's the best baker in the world. I know, it's,
0: it's unbelievable. And, and he's wasting his time saving the planet oh. <laughs> for future generations <laughs> instead yeah. of making sweet treats and baked goods. Um, but frustratingly, he does put up, I think uh, he does lessons in how to how to make these things. Oh, a,
1: give me the recipe, I'll make for some for you. Some Be exactly yeah. the same.
0: Look at this. Look at that. Oh, that looks delicious. Doesn't it just?
1: Mm. It's very the, the the top half of the sandwich is a lot smaller than I imagined.
0: Yes, that's that's a feature of the bun. Okay. But I'll just show you a regular one so you can see the difference between his and the... Uh, I know this is a podcast and uh, people are going to have to go on Google Images themselves and then they're going to have to look up this guy. You see, so that's the regular one. Oh. A bit different, isn't it? Yeah. You can see that he <laughs> has taken a 21st century <laughs> approach to the design aesthetic.
1: I just want to eat one now.
0: Oh, they're so good. So I had one of those for Fat Tuesday, but not a pancake, uh, at least not yet. And then, are you doing anything for Ash Wednesday tomorrow? Ash Just Wednesday. P- probably by the time people listen to this, it will be Ash Wednesday. If not, Ash Wednesday's passed already. Just
1: remind me again, what does one do on Ash Wednesday?
0: Celebrate famous Ashes.
1: Ah, oh, okay. So like
0: Leslie Ash.
1: Yeah, oh, okay. Or
0: Ashes you have known. Yeah. Um, Ash Ketchum, the famous Pokemon trainer. Has uh, really got into Pokemon yet? No, no, mm. no. Um, Ash from the film Sing. The headshot of the porcupine. Okay, have you seen that film? No, you don't seen the film. Sing. No, it's great. Okay, Should you watch it? Let me ask you a question. Mm. Your kids watching TV? Mm. How engaged with it are you? Zero. Oh yeah, Sarah's like that. Mm. I switch know. I, I get to know all the characters and get very involved in the plots and what. Yeah. It's one
1: of my big strengths. I think I'm able to switch off from whatever is watching. It's one of my
0: big Strengths that I'm able to really go into his world and, be <laughs> and take an interest in what he's interested oh, okay, in. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yes, uh, Ash Wednesday. I don't know. Did you, did you smear a bit of ash on yourself? You You've see? Do. do Catholics do that? Do they? On yeah, Ash Wednesday? I've, I think I've seen Catholics with ash oh, smeared no, on them. No I don't idea. know. No I'm, idea. Not big on Catholicism. Um, anyway. Mm. Here we are. Oh, here we are again. It's Shrove Tuesday for us. It mm-hmm. might be Ash Wednesday for you. Maybe it isn't.
1: Maybe it's Christmas. Could
0: be. <laughs> Christopher Ash.
1: Christopher Ash. What about the Ashes?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah those I love are the those. Yeah. Why did you just say Christopher Ash like you know who I mean?
1: No way. Because I don't know any of the ones you've said so far it apart was, from Leslie Ash.
0: <laughs> he was a boy I used to play with.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> we were best friends. Yeah, I
1: know him. Yeah. Best, best friends, I Yeah, yeah. Ashy.
0: When we were... Chris Ash, yeah.
1: Chris Ashy. Yeah,
0: his yeah. Uh, his parents were uh, Dot and Bernard. Of course they were. They took me on a day trip to York once. Did they? Yeah. I said to my mum, I'm going to the museum, mum! She thought I was going to the local museum in the park. Mm. I was gone for a whole day. She got very worried <gasps> about me. Because you'd gone to York? Yeah. I'd, I'd admitted that detail. <laughs> I said, Chris Ash, what a great pal he was. And I remember being eight or nine, and us, we used to climb on top of the labour exchange, the unemployment office next to where I used to live. I remember being up on that roof with him once and saying to each other, We'll always be best friends, won't we? And saying, Yeah. And then about a year later, we moved house to somewhere about twenty minute walk away and never really had any relationship with him from that point onwards. Really? So that's a lot when you're ten or eleven is like twenty minutes. 20, yeah. It's a
1: lot now. <laughs> What does, have you looked him up since? What is, what's he up to these days? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I should know, don't I?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you very confidently went, oh, yeah, Chris, Chris Ash. Ash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, I've got something to tell you about. Ooh. It's not good. Oh. This is a little bit kids say the darndest things, but, but I think it's worth it. Okay. We have a cleaner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I just want to say... I know that you're listening to this and thinking, I just can't relate to him anymore (laughs) with his highfalutin life as you think he is. But just some things about my life are different to yours. And and what specifically is different in this instance is a lady pushed a handwritten note through the door asking for work. And Sarah thought, let's, let's get a cleaner. Okay. And I've mentioned it before on the podcast. She's called Karina. Oh,
1: Karina the cleaner. Yeah. Yeah,
0: So Karina rhymes with cleaner. Mm. So, so I I refer to her as Karina the cleaner, not to demeanor.
1: Oh, very good.
0: Um, I sometimes worry about the impact of a kid growing up with a cleaner because it was unheard of when I was a child. Maybe mm. in more middle class houses, it's, it's more common. But um, you know, sometimes Jean will say things like, Oh, I think Karina the cleaner's moved my Doctor Who magazine. And then I have to say, well, number one, we're very lucky that uh, someone comes and makes our house look so beautiful every week, and we should be trying to make her job easier by not leaving things lying around. And number two, don't don't call her Karina the cleaner. Right. He says, but that's what you call yes, her.
1: Yes, yes. We're just thinking that. Yeah.
0: I say, but it's not to demean her. <laughs> <Karina the cleaner."
1: laughs>
0: and it really isn't. It's mm. just a, a, I enjoy the rhyme. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not just defining her by the fact that she cleans. She's many other things mm, as well. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, the other day he was off school on the day she came to clean. She walks through the front door. He bellows at the top of his voice. Hi, Karina the cleaner, which is what my dad calls you.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, you don't quit it to her face then, usually? No. no, no, oh, no.
0: That's why I tell him not to say it. So I went and repeating it in front of her. But there was no get out there because I could have admonished him for just saying Karina the cleaner. But he really threw me under the bus with, which is what my dad calls you.
1: So let's hear how you tried to. I mean, obviously you went, but it's because it rhymes really nicely. It sounds really good together. Yeah.
0: Up to the port protocol.
1: Oh, just ignored it.
0: Yeah. Went, oh, uh, how are you, Karina? Wasn't it your birthday this week? That did is you have a good one.
1: N- this is not, you've changed. Well,
0: I've told you, I've, I've seen Sarah try to have some uncomfortable interactions with where, where she's tried to explain things. Most notably, and I know I told this during the podcast a while ago, so I'll barrel through it. Sarah was reaching up to the drying rack above the sink as Karina was doing some washing up to take a bread knife. Mm. And as she took it, she did the psycho ooh, ooh, oh, ooh. Ooh. to Karina. Karina didn't know that film or that reference and looked startled by Sarah wielding a knife in her face. <laughs> so it went poorly. And then I caught Sarah half an hour later with her phone trying oh. to show the clip from Psycho. Oh, no, no, And it, no, that no. wasn't going any better right, than the right. original knife attack.
1: Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got weirder. Okay, yes, yes. you learn from ma- that. Yeah, yeah, Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think maybe, it, maybe I am learning through the process of doing this podcast. Some things are slow, it doesn't feel mm, like it. It's mm, very slow change, mm. it's evolution, not revolution, right? Yes, but, yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, because so I think about at our old house. We had a cleaner whose husband was called Ulysses, and thinking it was a good idea to show her the title sequence of Ulysses and the Mysterious Cities of Gold, the 80s children's mm. BBC cartoon on my laptop. That didn't go well either, but I can imagine. So, but I wouldn't do that now, I don't think. Great, so, so great. maybe I've grown. Mm. Um, I should tell you one other quick thing that happened to me this week before we move on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel that I really got bogged down in Ash Wednesday and Strove <laughs> Tuesday. Um, Sunday, mm. we went to a playground. Yeah, Gene went on his bike. Didn't bring a lock. I am so paranoid about bikes being stolen to, to the extent that I won't take my bike out almost, unless I'm just going for a ride on it. Right. I won't use it as a method of transport because I think even with a good lock... These bicycle thieves in London, it's its what we do best in this country. It is. You know, some, sometimes people try to think, what what should our identity be in a post-Brexit world? And I think it should be that we are the best bicycle thieves in the world. Yeah, yeah. Like just the... You will see chains that look like they're off Davy Jones's locker around a lamppost where somebody has taken an angle grinder and <laughs> stolen a £50 bike. It's really quite remarkable. <laughs> so... Any, so so I, I rarely go out on my bike unless I'm just going for a ride and coming back again without leaving it anywhere. And with his, we don't take a lockout. So I feel like I need to stand guard over it while okay. they go and do what they're doing. So they go to a playground mm. and I just stand next to the bike while they're in there. And I don't know if my phone is flat but I'm not, or I'm not feeling like looking at my phone, but I'm just standing there staring. Security guard comes up to me and goes, you all right, sir?
1: Oh my god. Yeah, he thought Oh my god. Yeah, he
0: thought Oh. I, he thought I was somebody who stands outside A loiterer. S- a loitering male, male solo loiterer outside a children's playground. Wow. Yeah. And I said, I am, I'm just waiting for my wife and son. At which at that exact moment they decided to go off and get ice cream.
1: So they weren't even in there anymore, no. no.
0: I tried to point them out oh, before realizing oh, they weren't of there. God. Oh, they must have just popped somewhere. Sounded so suspicious.
1: He wants some kind of list now. His list, probably.
0: (laughs) Right, shall we hear from the drifters?
1: Let's first from James. Like many of us, I had to resort to DIY home haircuts during lockdown. My wife did her best and the results were mostly quite good, aside from an accidental mullet the first time around. But by the time the restrictions were lifted, I was ready to return to a professional. The Barbers I Used pre-pandemic operated a walk-in only policy and I was never much of a fan of the gamble of turning up not knowing whether you'd be done in 20 minutes or an hour and a half. So when my wife's work colleague recommended a local barbers I'd never used before, I was happy to give it a go. My first few visits passed without major incident and I was enjoying the certainty of a fixed appointment time. But I'd already slipped back into the familiar pattern of trying desperately to come up with small talk and had somehow accidentally given the impression I was a huge beer and sports fan, despite having only a passing interest in both. This felt a much better option than stopping the conversation in its tracks by seeming uninterested when these topics inevitably came up. But it did give me a general uneasiness about my appointments. And I spent much of my drive there thinking about things I could bring up to avoid the dreaded silence while the people around me seemed to effortlessly glide from topic to topic. At this point, I should mention I'm a glasses wearer and the most recent pair I owned were extremely loose fitting. I'd returned to the optician soon after buying them to have them adjusted. But after that made little difference, I settled on having to plan my head movements very carefully (laughs) rather than go back and seem like I was accusing them of being incompetent by requesting another adjustment. What if I was served by the same person? This situation was not helped by needing to wear a face mask indoors. There was something about where the loops of the mask sat on my ears that made my glasses even wobblier. But this seemed a small price to pay for some protection from a deadly virus. On one particular summer's day, I was running late for an appointment at the barber's and had parked further away than usual. So I'd worked up something of a sweat on my brisk walk from the car. As I approached the door in a rush, I gave it what felt like an an inappropriately strong push, but it barely moved. I am a very slight build, and the last thing I wanted was to appear too weak to open the door. (laughs) So I overcompensated and gave it a fairly hefty shove in a pathetic attempt to show everyone in there that I was a fully formed adult with a passable level of upper body strength. Unfortunately, the jolt of the door shove had an unexpected side effect. I felt my glasses slide down my nose and off my head completely. In an attempt to salvage the situation, I flung my hands down to catch the glasses, but succeeded only in launching them halfway across the shop floor with the door still only half open. My glasses were in the barber's, but I was still outside. I heard shouts of whoa from inside, both from customers and staff. In that moment, despite being extremely short-sighted and unable to read a number plate from more than about a metre away, I genuinely considered cutting my losses, closing the door, attempting the drive home, and, if I somehow made it, looking up an alternative barbers in the area. I decided instead to brave it and took the walk of shame to retrieve my glasses in the style of Velma from Scooby-Doo, mumbling something about face marks and slinked over to the waiting area red-faced. The incident wasn't mentioned during the haircut and hasn't been since. And I have worn contact lenses to every subsequent appointment. That's great. And this is from Julie. On hearing your latest episode where Jeff said he liked Valentine's Day better when cars were anonymous, I had a sudden horrific flashback drifter moment that remained buried for many years. Back in the early 90s, I was about 20 years old and worked in a bank. Monday to Friday, I worked upstairs away from the public as a secretary to the assistant manager. The first assistant manager had been a real jovial, lovely guy who everybody liked. He was a pleasure to work for. Due to this and being great at his job, he got a promotion. That is where the problem started. His replacement was a bitter, unhumorous man who seemed to hate all the staff. He would often come to me and demand that I go and do tasks for him immediately, regardless of any other urgent work I may already be doing. Nobody liked him. On the occasional Saturday, I would work on the counter, serving customers who were withdrawing money, etc. Back in those days, the branches closed at midday, and my boyfriend at the time would often come along at midday and wait for me to finish my shift. The staff downstairs in the bank were always lovely, and the lady on the reception always let him in to sit and have a chat whilst waiting for me, rather than lock up and make him wait outside. Well, on Valentine's Day, the assistant manager came up and threw an internal mail envelope onto my desk, saying, "I think this is for you," and stomped away clearly irritated that he'd had to get off his bum off his chair and walk 10 steps from his office. My name was clearly written on the sealed internal envelope, but he'd opened it. I found another white envelope inside with my name written in large letters that had been sealed, but he'd opened that too. I pulled a Valentine's card from it. I can't remember what the front of the card said, but it was anonymously signed from the man who loves Chucky Bickies. I recognised the writing as my boyfriend's. The horror then dawned on me. Somehow my post item had been missorted and mixed in with the wrong pile. The assistant manager had opened and read all of this, despite it being sealed and obviously meant for me. I think he did it out of spite and being nosy. I wanted the ground to swallow me up, especially as a crowd of other staff had witnessed all of this. Paperwork was sent between departments and branches in internal envelopes and I later discovered that due to security doors, my boyfriend couldn't get the car to me upstairs so he asked the lady on reception to get it to me and she put it in an internal envelope to send up to my department. I don't remember making eye contact or extended conversation with the assistant manager ever (laughs) again. A short while later, just as a formality, the bank made us all apply for our own positions again just to ensure the right person was in the right job. 120 people in our building, 119 got through okay. Just one got demoted and moved. Yes, the humourless assistant manager wasn't doing his job properly, so he was demoted and moved to a branch far, far away. A short time later, I got promoted to computer expert and had the company's only coloured printer in the surrounding three counties different times. <laughs> so I lived happily ever after as I didn't need to avoid him anymore.
0: Wonderful. happy ending. Yeah. Uh, please send us your stories. I wonder if, if, if there's any I, anything in the idea of... Um, it could be a manager, but people who just take against you, their personality type are so different to how you are as a drifter, mm. you seem to annoy them and they just want to make life hell for you Mm-mm. in this way. I had a manager called Raymond Grocock when I worked in Burton's and he just despised me and he would insist on calling me Jeffrey, which I don't like from anyone apart from my mum. Mm. And, and it was his way of wielding a little power oh. because my personality was so irritating oh, to God. him. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe this. Also, I wondered about drifters in love okay so i mean think how hard we've all seen rom-coms think how hard it is for people to tell people when they've got a crush Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when they've got feelings Mm. and that's just the people in films think about what that is like for drifters
1: oh yes so much harder yeah
0: so any any sort of attempts of that gone awry Mm i think valentine's day made me think about that um and also i wondered about anything along the lines of accidentally giving people a slapstick show yeah, yeah <laughs> or yeah. making a spectacle of yourself no pun intended <laughs> pun intended a little bit but yeah, based on the first one so uh, please send us your story it's hello at adriftpodcast.com Annabelle, let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult.
1: I'm going to start with a message to all waiting staff in cafes and restaurants who don't use anything to record the food and drink orders. No paper and pen, no handheld device singing. It's not
0: an impressive party trick. (laughs) It's it's not. It just (laughs) makes you feel anxious. That
1: handheld device singing, do you know what it's called?
0: Uh, Is it called a PD something?
1: A PD that you've got further than me. I've got no idea. Oh,
0: maybe I'm wrong.
1: I also don't know what that device that delivery people give you to electronically sign things oh, point, is called. point of sale.
0: Hang on, point of sale. Oh, I don't
1: know what that thing... No, it can't be point of sale because they're putting the orders on it. Oh, yeah. oh I
0: don't and know. And that
1: electronic thing, well, you know where you write your name on it when they get delivery? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know what, that's, what that's called.
1: What, what a, a, palm we... no, a, palm a Palm Pilot. No, it's not Nice to hear the words Palm Pilot again. <laughs> I just think, what a world we live in. Like, do you think in medieval times they didn't know the names of things they regularly encountered? Like, you know, that that thingy with a handle that you put mead in and drink out of. No, no, they they knew the names of everything. Yeah. Anyway, this message I've got to these people. If you're waiting staff and you're just memorising food orders, I've got something bad to tell you. You don't always get it right like you think you do. We're just too polite to say anything. Like, I'll happily complain if they've written it down and it goes wrong, but there is no way I'm going to criticise your to your face your memory skills, which you're clearly taking pride in, mm. as otherwise, why would you do it? Yes. Like, why wouldn't you just write it down? Yeah. I was in a restaurant last week with my parents and my son. The waiter took the order without without recording it, and my mum commented on it, and there was some pride there that he didn't need to do it. And I knew then and there that if there was a mistake, I'd rather eat something I hate or go hungry rather than embarrass him. (laughs) And guess what? My drink didn't come. And I went thirsty. Actually, that's not true. I asked for a glass and had bits of everyone else's drink and acted (laughs) like I just changed my mind and did actually fancy a little bit of cider, a little bit of fizzy water, a little bit of raspberry lemonade.
0: Tapas style drink. (laughs)
1: That's what I was acting like. But I'm not going to personally insult him, especially not after it's been made a big deal of. I kind of fail to see how it's easier to memorise it, because surely it's got to be recorded at some point, unless the chef is also memorising it. And even then, it still has to be recorded for the bill. Yes. Why are they doing it? I don't know. And by memorising it, they're making eye contact the whole time, rather than getting little breaks to look down and write the orders. I wonder if they get better tips. Do you think that's what it is? It's the only thing I can think of.
0: I wonder if it's your own way of stretching yourself and making... Uh, if, maybe if you've not been enjoying your job that much, making it m- yeah. more
1: interesting. Impressing people, yeah, but making it, d- it more of an intellectual challenge, yes. better tips. I'm not sure about the tips. Do you not think? No. Well, I'm I- certainly not tipping more after like my food doesn't turn down. No, up. me neither. <laughs> I'm too polite to yes. say. Ah, Okay, one other small thing from last week. My mum gave me a box of old stuff of mine that had been in their eaves cupboard for years. Amongst the stuff was some photos... 90% of these photos had no interest to in me. Out of those, I was fine throwing away with. There were some like landscape ones, but if they had people in them, it just felt really weird and I couldn't do it. Do you find that, that you can't throw away photographs of people? It feels too weird. Yeah, yeah. It's so yes, weird it does, putting yeah. it in the bin. Like, why is this? I don't want these photos. These are not people I know anymore. <laughs> I felt no warmth in seeing them again, but impossible to throw them away. Maybe there could be a service where people come round and just take them away for you so you don't feel so guilty. I would employ people <laughs> like to do the that. Like
0: sending a dog away to live on a farm. Yes, yes. Yeah, we're going to take yes. them away and put them in a lovely album <laughs> with so many other people and they're going to be yes, so the... happy together and then the second they're out of your door, they go in a bin.
1: That is, please do yeah, that for me, someone. That's a great service. Yes.
0: Yeah, that could be your million pound mm. idea. Billion. Yes. It could be a unicorn. See
1: no reason why not. <laughs>
0: If you can hear some ambient noise, it's because we've just had to open a window because there's a really bad smell in here mm. coming from the loft bathroom. Yeah, We don't know what it is, but Annabelle says it smells meaty.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's not like a sewage smell. It's like a weird meaty smell. Yeah, I think
0: Sarah's secreting meat around the house and hiding it from me as a vegetarian, do you? It'd
1: be very weird if she was. It would be weird. Mm.
0: Mm. Um, on the subject of bad smells... Mm we identified the but I say we yes but guess who guess who worked out what it was who mentioned them already and I know people won't like this because it makes me seem elitist mm. but I'm just different different from you you know oh. have uh, uh, Carina, it was, the cleaner. It was a cleaner
1: the cleaner yeah. she worked it out and do you know what it was please tell her. i mean, I'm genuinely excited to find out
0: it was a mop head in the basement that we'd had for so long it i don't know if it got damp or decayed or something and it was smelling so bad that smell was f- coming up through the floorboards
1: i feel so much better about my own disgusting house <laughs> it was a mop head that smelled so bad yeah it was infiltrating the room above yes wow she so she found it
0: yeah she she figured it out and I feel bad because I'm so detached from I'm so, you know I live such a privileged life that I don't do my own mopping. <laughs> so it didn't occur to me to look at the mop or to sniff out the mop. I'm so pleased I didn't get a builder around oh or my something God, like that.
1: Weird. I'm thrilled you didn't. That would yep. been mortifying.
0: Yeah. So uh, that's that little storyline closed oh, I'm off. I'm so
1: relieved. It's good news, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's great news.
0: Um, it wasn't Ladybirds, as it turned out.
1: Well, that's my first thought. <laughs>
0: I feel that I really upset that guy. I was just being playful. <laughs> and, um, no, he
1: did. He was only joking. Are you sure I worry no, that he no, took Umbridge? No. Cambridge.
0: no. Um, what else was there to tell you about? Um, oh, one little thing about a behaviour I've recognised in myself when I'm riding a bike. Oh, yeah. Usually a line bike, but I've wanged on enough about them last week. <laughs> so if I'm riding a bike mm. and I see a cyclist ahead of me, mm. If they have any cycling paraphernalia at all, mm. this could include a helmet, any kind of reflectors slash high-vis clothing, mm. panniers, is that what you call them? Is that little baskets? Yeah, The, the ones that go over the back, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, a professional-looking bike lock, mm. any of these things. Mm. I just assume that they know far more about cycling than I do and i just stay behind them and copy everything they do oh, i defer yes. to anybody with cycling paraphernalia Maybe.
1: i would definitely do the same
0: and I, f- I found myself last week um accidentally falling in with a bunch of bad boys
1: no what happened
0: well this exact situation i was cycling home from central london and i see some of these um like delivery cyclists for the food delivery services, and I think, oh well, the, you know, they they uh they they're going to be doing it properly. Mm. And before I know it, I'm running a red light because I'm just blindly following them, no. and they, because I'm always stopping at red lights, pedestrian crossings, all these things, whereas they pl- play fast and loose.
1: That's kind of a pro cyclist thing to do. Just be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's Rules why that apply to me.
0: The life expectancy like mm. goes down by to about eight years from the moment they become a courier, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It
0: was so wild, though, and thrilling. <laughs> I want to join a biker gang.
1: You're a bad boy now. I love it. <laughs>
0: and then the other thing I was going to tell you about was the mum of one of Jean's friends. Mm-hmm. I have nice chats with. And um, she's taken a shine to me. I don't I don't mean in any kind of romantic way, mm-hmm. but I think she enjoys talking to me. Mm-hmm. But... She's got it in her head that I'm a fun person. Oh. And do you know what? I'm not.
1: Well, you're not like a party guy, are you? I'm not fun. I'm no no fun. You're a fun guy, but you're not a party guy. I don't think I'm fun. Okay. I
0: think you've known me a long time, so you're very accustomed to me. Okay. Think about introducing somebody to me for the first time. Mm. Is anybody coming away saying, that guy's fun?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, funny... But maybe not. Maybe not. Fun times, fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not.
0: I'm not fun. I, I, you know, I, I. What does fun mean? Though? I don't know. Practical but I th- jokes. I think I make. I just think I, I. I think I. I um. I subtract fun from any interaction no. rather than add to it.
1: I want to say. Why do you think she's picked up on this fun vibe? Right? I have no idea. Mm. So
0: we were talking the other day, and I mentioned that it's my fiftieth birthday this year, mm. and she said, oh, we should go out. <laughs> we should go <laughs> out clubbing. I've never been clubbing. Oh, oh, what? And." I just went, yeah. Oh, because what am I going to say? No, I don't. I don't. I don't go clubbing. I'm too but that's. Old. But, but one thing I really hate doing is pouring cold water on oh, people's no. enthusiasm. Oh, that would be, wouldn't it? So oh. she's going, yeah, but I'd love to. I've never done it. And that maybe now's the time of our life. We should go clubbing. I'm going, yeah. Then she's saying, um, you know, maybe we could go to Magaluf or somewhere like that. What? One time, all what? of us. <laughs> I don't want to go to Magaluf. Hold
1: on. You're going on a raver's holiday now, just out of politeness. I think that's where this is heading.
0: (laughs) And the thing is, it would be better for me to pour cold water and say I'm no fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't go clubbing. I've not been clubbing for many years. It is my hope that I never set foot inside a club again. (laughs) (laughs) Because that... That would be short in that would be, yeah might hurt feelings in the short term pouring the cold water on the suggestion. But imagine how bad it would be if somebody went to a club with me. It'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have a terrible night. I don't know what to do in a club. Dance again. I mean, yeah. I don't know what to do in a club. Right. Okay. I'm not one of yeah. life's movers. Right. Right. She'd have an awful night. I mean, she's never been clubbing, so I suppose well, she's got nothing to compare she it know, to. Yeah. Okay. I'll, maybe I'll go to Magaluf and report back <laughs> and say say how it was.
1: Quandary <laughs> Corner at the Glad Clinic. Here in problematic. First one is from Mike. I work in quite a small office, we're less than ten people in total, and we've all been working here for a number of years now. So you'd think it'd be easy for me to remember everyone's name, right? Well, you'd be wrong. Two of my co-workers have very similar names. Let's call them Nate and Nick. And on a number of occasions, more than I care to remember, I have said Nate when talking to Nick and vice versa. I always profusely apologise when it happens and they always graciously say, that's okay. But really, it's not okay, is it? I mean, aside from both their names being very short and starting with the same letter, there isn't much similarity between the two of them. Why can't I get this right? It's as if on that particular day that I first learned their names, my brain had spotty Wi-Fi and not everything <laughs> got downloaded properly. I now hope that I'm the first one in the office each morning so that when I see one of them enter, I can mentally prepare myself by thinking and whispering to myself over and over, Nick, 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 Nick. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Nick. Before confidently saying out loud, good morning, Nick. Is there anything else I can do to help me get it right? Introduce name badges.
0: Wow. This sort of thing happens to me a lot and I end up saying people's names so quietly that it's imperceptible what I'm saying because I've got no confidence because even if I know I've got it right, I'm so worried I'm getting it wrong that I just end up mumbling and then people don't hear what I say. What about if you just started referring to them as like, hey, N-man, the big N, the N-word?
1: No, not that. Not that, no. I'm realising that I think I've got quite a good ability of getting around ever saying anyone's name. What is that? I just I just managed to I, avoid I, ever saying the, someone's name.
0: All the people who say if you really want to connect with people and network and win people over, use their name multiple times in a conversation. Mm, mm. I, I just can't do that because I'm so nervous about getting the name wrong. Mm. And so maybe this is why you're so bad at networking
1: <laughs> that, that's the reason no other <laughs> yeah I'm thinking back to my exes his mum was called Elizabeth and for some reason I felt very uncomfortable about ever saying her name and the lengths I would go to to ever saying her name I just felt weird about calling her Elizabeth it felt strange to me and i so I would just I just wouldn't say it
0: yeah it's weird there's some I've got friends whose name I never use so my best friend Susie it is so rare for us to use our names that we both laugh if either of us says the other one's name.
1: Because it feels so weird. feels so unnatural, R- yeah. I don't think you can get away with it. Also, you could do, like you were saying, like, "end dog and that. You could go... dog call yeah. everyone buddy. Yeah. You could adopt... Is that an American thing or an Australian thing? What do Australians all say? Mate. Mate, mate, matey.
0: Hmm. You
1: could... I know... You can need to adopt, great
0: you,
1: you need to adopt an affectation, and you start calling everyone something from a movie or like neighbors or something. Or yeah, maybe a new great galah. and like come in one day, just like have this new personality where you call everyone your great galah. Hey, you. That you. It's a bit difficult when you're trying to get someone's attention. You could give them nicknames, but then you've got to remember all the nicknames. But it's only two, isn't it? Right, and I
0: think there's something about even though these names aren't the same. There is something mm. about the limit similarity yes. that's tripping you up. Yeah, give them, give so, them both nicknames. Yeah, you know, if if one of them was Wolfman, yeah, and the other one was the Tiddler, you wouldn't get those two things mixed up. For example, yeah. hey, it's the Tiddler because you
1: can if, if, Wolfman.
0: Oh. <laughs> you know, for example,
1: it would work brilliantly. As if you're saying it was very related to their appearance because they're, on site, it would trigger yeah. you're the hairy, the wolfman, the tiddler, the little. Yeah, yeah. The tiddler might not like it. No. But I like I mean, the, oh, and that, yeah. you know, that's, cause that's kind maybe
0: of... Maybe maybe we stick with wolfman and we have to come up with something else other yeah,
1: than the tiddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can't do it because you got, need to look at them yourself and see what is going to trigger that word for you yeah. and something about their appearance. Mm. Maybe it's got scaly sin, you, skin, you call him fishman, wolfman and Fishman. Just an idea. No, no,
0: no. I think you've got to make them... Oh, too much more different. Man and man. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So maybe we don't even want to be going animal Mm. at all.
1: Yeah, not even animal. Postbox? Wolfman and Postbox. (laughs) There we go. Okay, I don't know. I think we've solved that. Yeah, I
0: mean, feel free to work up some new nicknames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But stick with Wolfman, because that one's one's good.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's go on to Celestial Duchess. Crunch. Amanda. Crunch, that's a nice Mm. one, yeah. I live with my husband in a nice big city where people like to visit. We can afford it because we stay in part of a house owned by a wealthy sort of relative. I'll refer to her from here on out as LL. It's not perfect. We have to share common spaces with other tenants, but it works. And LL is a drifter like we are. We can go for weeks without seeing or having to talk to her or the other tenants. The quandary is when it comes to guests. LL is very generous with spare rooms and lets people stay whenever they want. Again, not perfect, but sometimes these guests are people we sort of know. When they come, they are 100% coming for the free room. Yet, they like to send messages saying things like, we'll be here this week, it'd be great to see you. Not great. They don't want to see us, but clearly feel as though they're supposed to reach out. Mm. I'm a firm creature of habit. And I don't want to spend my downtime making conversation when I could be eating cheese and doing puzzles with my husband in our little private space. <gasps> Just now, I believe that my brother-in-law is somewhere in the house. So I took a 5.30pm shower so I could put on my jammies. And if he sees me, I can say I'm off to bed early. How should I respond when someone messages that they'll be here? I can't be at a work event every time. Or can I? It's not an ideal situation because, yeah, let's face it. They don't want to see you. You don't want to see them. It's this formality that you feel that you have to go through. Mm. So how do you get rid of this formality?
0: So if it's short notice, I think you can always use an excuse, whether it's a work thing. It's like, oh, I'm meeting some friends for drinks, or I have to take a, a coat back to the shop. But let's keep in touch. Uh, text me where you're going to be.
1: But they're in the same house. You'd have to make sure you're out. I mean, I no, 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 no. They're, they're not
0: just—they're not. Just, they're coming to enjoy the big city, not right. just LL's house. LL's no, okay. house is just okay. Uh, uh, LL Cool J's house. Yeah,
1: that's, that's who we're all thinking it is, aren't we? <laughs> if it's a Welsh city,
0: <laughs> it's just. <laughs> mm. Dave used to have a joke about um, the Welsh um, LL Cool J being called (coughs) Cool J. Oh, very good. Um, For anybody who is unfamiliar with Welsh, I believe that is the pronunciation of the double L. Okay. Just to spell it out. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay. I mean. Wouldn't it be so nice if you could just say, look, do you really want to meet up or are you just being polite? Yeah, but you can't. You can't. (laughs) No, of course you can't.
0: Because I'm of the opinion nobody ever really wants to see anybody. (laughs)
1: I don't think that's true. I mean
0: not that you know I think you want to see people you're particularly close to mm. that you're particularly fond of. Mm. But I I don't think anybody wants to see a casual acquaintance. Okay. Maybe they do, actually, Sarah often does. Some
1: people do. Sarah,
0: do you know what Sarah likes? Not the she she invariably comes back not having had a good time, but she likes the nostalgia of looking at somebody she used to know. Okay. But like, there's there's a reason people drop out of your life. Usually, mm, isn't there? Mm, mm. Every now and again, you get a wonderful reconnection, a wonderful rekindling. Uh, some things happen with circumstance and time and space that have kept you apart, and then you pick up where you left off. But the reason that feels so magical when it happens is because it almost never happens. Yes,
1: yes, yes. So
0: I really like this. So oh, let's stay in touch. Because mm. it puts the burden on them and then they don't stay in touch. Or then they come up with the excuse. So, oh, we were um we were on our way back and yeah. then we just bumped into, you know.
1: Yeah, put it onto them yes. to get out of it. Yeah. And if they don't yeah. well, if they yeah. don't get out of it, what next? Then it's your turn to I think to it be Ill. works You're most Ill. of the time.
0: Yeah, I think it works most of the time. You can be ill a lot, I think. I, I do this a lot. Oh, that's so great. I'd love to see you. Um sort of, Let's uh, let's stay in touch. Text me and let me know where you're up to.
1: Yeah, yeah. You put it you put it on them. Oh, they they have to make the arrangement. Just missed you. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think that's the way to do it. Okay, okay good. Anything else to add? Nope. Okay. Um, if you have a quandary that you would like us to solve Because we were very adept, I think, oh, this week. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> And that was our podcast I didn't even talk about Valentine's Day did I remember I said we were going to see a film then uh, going out for a meal yeah yeah how did it go uh, in the film we were by far the youngest people in the cinema watching Roman Holiday oh, right. at the meal we were by far the oldest people in the restaurant oh. it was a somewhat nice restaurant um, and I'd say the people either side of us we were so confused as to... They they look like teenagers. Oh, that
1: young. Yeah, have you saved up your pocket money? No. I mean, what is this? Is it a trust fund, but you can't ask? Of course not. I really wish you could just ask. And you couldn't eavesdrop to hear what they were talking about?
0: No, mm. no, I'm not sure. You know, unless oh, they were no talking about what they'd seen on CBBC.
1: <laughs> that can't be I that I don't yeah.
0: know. Or if they were talking in that language that teenagers <laughs> use. Oh, yeah. But it's just teenage girls, isn't Back it? Max slang, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Are you going to do it then?
1: I own own do I've forgotten it. I may aim. Nay, is a number a? Did you hear, Did you understand that?
0: Yeah, because it was so slow was and. I'm, in, I'm actually embarrassed. Yeah. Can we but on? that's because your teenage brain
1: was able now. to do it. Your
0: yeah. Hurtling towards middle age, brain, can't can't do it. Oh, thank
1: you for saying I'm hurtling towards middle age. That's was, the best compliment I've had all year. is out of politeness. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank
0: you. Um, Thanks to Man in the Echo for the back of music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And I'll sign off from the man who loves Chucky Bickies. <laughs> Podication time. This comes from Sarah and Dave Knight, who say, Hi, Annabelle and Jeff. Hi. Hi, Knights. I would like to make a podication to all my fellow Kiwis who've been through hell this week with Cyclone Gabrielle. I'm not sure how much you've seen over there in the UK, but my town of Napier in the Hawke's Bay was hit pretty hard, as well as Gisborne, uh, the Coromandel and Auckland. I didn't know, but I feel really ignorant like somebody who doesn't watch the news and the honest truth is i haven't really watched the news
1: i hasn't hasn't really been on the news when i was i was quite shocked i was like i think i might have seen something about this but i don't know if i have it's terrible yeah that is
0: awful um well, they let us know, it's a, uh, family are okay, but we've been without power for six days now. Oh, and I'm not sure when it'll be restored. For the first two days, we had no phone, no internet, and no way of knowing whether our families and friends were okay. We're the lucky ones. So many people have lost everything, their homes, their livelihoods, and even their family members. It's absolutely heartbreaking. I feel awful that I don't know, I know about this. I know. Uh, The little snippets of internet coverage we are now getting just show us more and more devastation for our community and country, yet we're pulling together to get each other through. There are people from across the country offering to use their holiday leave to come and help out in any way they can. That's always a lovely thing, isn't it? You know, when these things happen, you do see the best of people. Um, Restaurants are cooking food for those who are now homeless. People are clearing out their cupboards to give what they can to people who've lost everything but this is the kiwi way i don't doubt that Mm -hmm. i don't like to generalize but i have very good feelings about kiwis yes yes so a huge thank you to all those who are helping us thank you to the emergency services working around the clock the power companies also working around the clock to restore power the roading contractors Clearing the roads, the civil defence team coordinating the rescue stroke recovery efforts, the army and navy, the coast guard, the people who are running missing persons, missing pets and animals Facebook pages, and the huge volunteer army of people doing whatever they can to help, and a huge kia kaha. I really think um, that that would have been to to Kiwis. Very culturally insensitive, but I tried my best. Okay. I mean, I'm not even sure about some of the place names I read before. But, <laughs> um, You know, I'm not making things better. I'm making them worse. Mm, well, I don't think a you're making them worse. cultural insensitivity. But, you know, no. Uh, yeah. um, it means stay strong to those who have suffered so much. With much love, Sarah and Dave Knight, Napier, New Zealand. Well, again, I, I feel completely ignorant for not, for not knowing about that. And just what a terrible thing. To be living through and I'm so relieved that your family are all okay mm, Yeah, and um, I will make sure to inform myself about that once mm. once we're done here but um, all the best to you and anyone else who's listening to this um, in the affected area or knows people who are affected what, what an awful thing I hope your people are safe so there we go um, that's from Sarah and Dave Knight and if you'd like a podcast it's hello at adriftpodcast.com